Before we get into the podcast this week, don't forget about our friends over at the ESPN Daily. Wherever it is you get podcasts, make sure you check out the ESPN Daily. Everything that's going on in sports every single day delivered right to your phone. Wherever you get podcasts, the ESPN Daily. Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world's number one sports and recreation podcast, Cheap Heat. I am Peter Rosenberg. I am joined by his largeness, the, oh, yeah. you know, the contortionist, the physically large SGG. What's going on, SGG? What's going on, P? How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Thank you, thank you. It's a trying time, you know, for in, the, in the world. So I need to know that you're in a good space, and I'm glad to hear it. Um, let's see. First and foremost, SGG, lot to dive into. Let's start out with: uh, Is anything going on outside the ring? Because I have something when when you're out. <laughs> so, outside the ring, I saw you know this morning early breaking news that WWE is going to add content from uh, several indie promotions sure they are. to the WWE network. Um, it's going to right now be Evolve, WXW, um, ICW, and Progress. So, you know, a few European companies and Evolve. Um, it's starting out with like a best of Keith Lee and a best of Drew McIntyre. And mm. then this Saturday, they're going to add more content from uh, all these other promotions to the network. Um, I know there was some speculation before that they were going to do that as part of like, uh, you know, for an extra fee, some type of tiered content for the network, but it looks like you're going to be getting that for, for nine ninety nine. Okay. I'm not mad at that. I'd like to catch up on some of those things. Get myself, yeah, so get myself right. Indie wrestling. Yeah, if you're a fan of indie wrestling, WWE Network might be a one-stop shop. Well, and a lot of people listening to this show are are with a life, so they want to be into it, but at the same time, it's hard, you know, to follow all of it because they are with a life, and that's challenging. Right. And that's and so many promotions. That's challenging for them. It's so much content. Um, all right, that's very cool. What else going on, SGG? And um, the last thing I had too was Chris Jericho performed at a Fozzie concert. At Sturgis, and it was not received Wait, well. Wait, yeah, he was at he was at Sturgis. He was at Sturgis. Hold on, hold uh, on. Fozzy performed. Congratulations, you played yourself. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he was at Sturgis. Fozzy performed. People, you know, did not take that well. Even Jim Cornette chimed in to to criticize Jericho, um, and then he performed 
last night at AEW, which I'm hoping was taped, but I really have no idea, to be honest. Wow. That is a bad look. Sturgis. I saw I saw videos from Sturgis over the weekend. I feel so bad for the people who live there. Yeah. So you just live there, and now 200,000 people who obviously, not all of which, but most of which obviously don't give a damn, are all coming to congregate in your small town? Yeah. Oh, and I'm sorry. Eat and drink and party and do whatever whatever it is people do at Sturgis at a at a big <laughs> Yeah. Well I, I have some audio. Do you want to hear some audio of Jericho's performance? Yeah. On this day, I he wishes he sounded that good. Here we go. He could never. Jerking the Undertaker off. Right. Um I saw something interesting today. What was that? What did you see? Um I see. Uh-huh. I saw uh, that they may there was a report on eWrestling dot com about a location for uh, SummerSlam. Interesting, interesting. Because we still don't have, we still don't have a location, a promoted location for the Slam, the Slam of Summer, the the biggest party of the summer. So it won't be at the Performance Center. I'm trying to find the story again. Did you see that? You didn't see it? I think I saw something about the Amway Center, but I couldn't find it anywhere else. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's Amway Arena. Um, one hour ago, WWE exploring a large venue in Florida for SummerSlam. Word broke Wednesday that WWE was not able to lock down a location outside of Florida for SummerSlam. I don't understand what that means. It was not able to. What, what does that mean? Yeah. No, no uh, one. No, but, it, to me, it's it, to me, it's a no-brainer. Uh, like, you're telling, right now, New York, for example, is offering for, for like, baseball to come here and have their playoffs <laughs> right. here. They, they wouldn't take an event. So they could have had the garden if they were going to do no fans. They could have got the garden. I would think no fans, they could have the garden, for sure. Or Barclays Center. Yeah. Um. So, WrestleVote sent out a series of photos on Twitter of four WWE moments that just so happened to take place from the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. Um, John Alba mentioned the hint from WrestleVotes, but when reaching out to the arena, was told that the center was shut down for the rest of the year. However, he was told by a source in WWE that the company was exploring the possibility of not only holding SummerSlam, but also other events in the arena going forward. So, that's according to, yeah, John Alba from WrestleVotes. Or, yeah. I mean, I would not be opposed to that at all. Here's my question, though. What do they do if they do it indoors, but at some place that's not the PC? Do you think that we're so used to the small size of the PC that doing it indoors at another big venue would still be relatively awesome, Com- like comparatively? Yeah, yeah. Especially if we get like a like a set. Like I'm sure they had a set that they built that they couldn't that they wouldn't be able to use if they tried to do it at the PC. Right. Like you think just like getting the. Just getting the full-size, major-looking set is enough 
like to make it look different. Yeah. Yeah, a longer ramp, an actual ramp. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like honestly, it's it's funny. It's been so long that I'm like, how different does it look again? <laughs> <laughs> very, but very it looks vastly different, right? Very different. Yeah. So we'll see. And now I have other breaking news that may shock the world. Well, we didn't get to it yet, and I'm shocked that SGG didn't do it, but maybe he was planning on it later in the Shad Gaspard Black Power Rankings, mentioning the passing of James Kamala Harris. Of course, Kamala passed away earlier in the week. It was a huge week for the name Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris. Yes. (laughs) It's almost insane that on the same week that Kamala died, and his real name is James Harris, that... The vice presidential nominee was announced as Kamala, spelled the exact same way, Harris. Mm-hmm. It's, I know very few people care of, about this, but to me, it's earth shattering. I can't get a over lot of it. highs and lows for the for the <laughs> yeah, name Kamala, Kamala Harris fan. Right? Yeah, I really though like, especially if you see just like Kamala passed away. Like if you just saw that on Twitter, oh my god, horrifying! You didn't know about the wrestler. Just a horrifying story. And then you go, oh, well, this is still sad, but it's not the same. Um, So in regards to that, I saw, I read some things about uh, Kamala. Not Mm -hmm. not Kamala, though I read some things about her too, but I'm talking about Kamala. And the fact that the character was created by Jerry Lawler and Jerry Jarrett in the old Memphis days. Yes. Something I remembered. Um, and then I saw that he, Lawler, went on with our buddies, uh, Dave LaGreca and Bully Ray, over at Busted Open. Mm-hmm. So I saw the post, and I was curious to see if Lawler had tweeted anything when receiving word that Kamala died. So, so before you get there, mm-hmm. did you see the painting that he based the Kamala character on? So I did not see the painting, but I heard the description. And if you ever were concerned that the character Kamala was inherently racist, I don't think the description of this painting that it's based on made me feel better about that. The, and the actual painting will make you feel even it won't. It, it will confirm that the character was just like inherently racist from the beginning. So you're saying that just because he was Kamala the Ugandan giant and he was treated as a cannibalistic savage, if that wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough, there's more. Right. There's more. But 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 wait, it gets worse. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the painting for you now. It's it's. It's awful. Um, but I'll allow you to continue this. All right, thank you. By the way, are you wearing two microphones at the same time, one for the phone and one for recording? No, no. This is one. This is one. So how are you? Ta- how are you Bluetooth on the phone and recording? Aren't you Bluetooth on the phone too? We're on Zoom. We're on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. So you don't need, it doesn't matter. You're going directly to your computer. Yeah, the, That's got it. Right. I'm smart. But you're recording on your own as well, right? 
I am. I, I, I need am. that lush SGG sound that I get every week. <laughs> I am. All right, so I was just curious to see, you know, listen, white people have a tendency to want to make ourselves feel better about racism. Like, we don't like thinking of racism being all out, like, as terrible as, as it appears. So you go, let me see if I can make this a little better. And so I wanted to see, based on the fact that when I heard Jerry Lawler talking about the creation of Kamala, it didn't make me feel very good. So I was like, I wanted to see if he at least put up a good sympathetic tweet when he died. So I clicked on Jerry Lawler's Twitter account, SGG. Mm-hmm. And it said, you are blocked by Jerry the King Lawler. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you know what you know what that made me think immediately. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. Yeah. I don't understand. Listen, obviously, do I care that I'm blocked by Jerry Lawler? No, I don't really need to look at Jerry Lawler's tweets very often. In this specific example, as a journalist, SGG, as a wrestling journalist, I wanted to do some research. And I was denied that research because I am blocked by Petty Lawler. Right. And, that, that, and, 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 I, and I started trying to think. So I, I tweeted it because I thought it was funny. And it got a lot of comments back, people asking questions. And SGG, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't the order of events, I started working at WWE. He de- yes. he decided to not like me. I think because I wore the Bobby Heenan jacket. Yep. Then, without my prodding or asking at all, Mark Henry pulled him aside and ba- yep. and basically told him, "Don't be a jack wagon. Be nice to my guy. He's a good guy." Right before you get your ass whipped, I'm sure. Is- <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know if he said that. I, we do not know if Mark added before you get your ass whipped. I don't think he said that. Well, I'm assuming that his his uh, his his theme music was playing while he had this conversation with Jerry Lola. So it whoa, could have hey, been just like implied. Whoa, hey, right, exactly. Right, could have just been implied. And then Lawler said, "Okay, cool." And then after that, I worked with him on multiple occasions, and we had friendly conversations. I don't think I've ever tweeted anything negative about him ever. I don't think. I guess I could search my Twitter account and check, but I don't think I've ever dissed Jerry Lawler in spite of the But even if you even if you did. Even if I did, I don't know that that would be worthy of a block, you know, because you're a grown man. It's not like, let me put it this way. The only people I... He's not a stranger. The only people I block are like trolling, racist, terrible human beings, you know? Oh, so how come you didn't have Jerry Lola block? See, you know what, SGG, that's not what I was where I was going, but... Oh, well, I'm just saying, based on your criteria, there's grounds, maybe. Allegedly, allegedly. I'm just, I'm just looking, I'm looking to see if on... Twitter, I ever said anything. I don't think I ever did, you know? And it's not like... Because also, why would we? It's not... It's just... Listen, it's not like I've never had the thoughts, you know, that 
Monday Night Raw during the Attitude Era wasn't good because of Jerry Lawler, but in spite of Jerry Lawler, okay? Or right. or I'm amazed that Jim Ross's back is functional in 2020 after all those years of carrying Jerry Lawler Carry. around when he was just screaming puppies. And even even for that era, he said things that made you cringe. And, and JR had to be there to clean up on aisle nine, nine times a night <laughs> because Lawler made jokes that were just horrifying. But the reason I let those things go is because I thought he was a great in-ring performer. I thought he was a great heel wrestler. You know, I really, I really did. I mean, even though I, I thought that the stuff, I, I, I'm so, I'm so much of an over-the-top heart fan that I hated the stuff he did about Helen and Stu. Same. Um, even though I understand it was all, I get what it was for. I just still thought some lines were crossed that I was like, I don't like that. That's too much. But. I don't take away how talented he was and how mage he was in Memphis, by the way, at all. I have complete separation of that. There are wrestlers I straight up don't like. I don't like Chris Jericho. And I literally got into a fight <laughs> with SGG two weeks ago for not appreciating how great I think Chris Jericho is. I separate these things. I don't Because you're a good man, Peter. Rosenberg. I don't I don't allow my personal stuff to get in the way. But when I see that this dude blocked me blocked me on twitter he's 70 years old why are you blocking co-workers someone who i i i, I may i know likely that i'll have to sit next to you again at a desk what are you blocking me for will you grow up listen i was upset when you said the things you said about Stu and helen hart but guess what i got over it because i'm an adult I said, you know what? I got to move on. I can't carry a grudge for a wrestling storyline from 1993. I have to move on. (laughs) Exactly. But Jerry the King Lawler has not moved on. He has me blocked on Twitter, which is repug and uh, a shocking development. And by the way, he blocked us before I even had time to give you my thoughts on what I think about the invention of the Kamala character. You should have blocked me next week. (laughs) <laughs> right. you haven't even heard this show yet because he's oh, maybe he maybe he has a spy maybe he will be listening because he maybe he knew what was coming which was my god man i don't know if i would have gone on a media tour this week to talk about the racist inception of the kamala character right and how racist you are in particular that you saw this painting and didn't see it for what it was and instead thought Oh, this would be great if we used it, and then, and then saddled James Harris with this gimmick that, you know, kudos to him, he shined with in spite of how racist it was. He did, he did. He turned it into something. That's for sure. Worked out great for James Harris. And listen, um, you know, and I saw, you know, like Mark Lamont Hill jumped on Twitter and all of a sudden became a wrestling historian and started teaching us all about the, the history of wrestling. And <laughs> um, and in doing so, obviously the WWE caught flames and there's plenty of in the WWE's history to tear down, but I, I, I didn't feel like jump, getting into it with him, but I wanted to jump in and be like, hey, bad example. They actually, this is actually not their character. Yeah. This character I mean, granted, came, they did use it. They, oh, they yeah. threw him in with you know Hulk Hogan and all that because, again, he made it mage. So he was everywhere, but yeah, that that wasn't that one wasn't on them. 
No, no, exactly. They definitely ran with it and played into it and had a good time with it. But at the same time, just not the example necessarily to use for WWE. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. I did, and I, I sent you the painting, by the way. I texted it to you. I know. I'm trying to log in on my computer so I don't have to do it on my phone. But hold on. I'll look on my phone. Let's see. What's your live thoughts? So the picture is there's a white woman tied up to like a post being protected by a white man with a gun who's shooting off the the seemingly dangerous and savage native people, including one. One guy wearing like a big mask. I don't even see, to be honest, I don't even see where the Kamala inspiration is. The, it's the literally just the mask, and then I'm guessing he just started painting him and inspired by the, it, like, it's literally just the mask. Jerry took the mask and was like, I got free reign to just go, <laughs> go crazy with this. But that mask is nothing like what Kamala ended up being. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not even a little bit. So, But Jerry loved this painting enough to, to incorporate it. I just don't understand why he thought it was a good idea to, like, go running all over the place talking about this story like it makes him a hero without being like, I realize now, like, and, unless I missed it, did he at any point come out and go, I realize now, you know what? That character is pretty offensive, and it was really playing on some terrible tropes about African people. Well, here's the thing. This is Jerry Lawler we're talking about. He's been confronted with many things that he's said and done in the past that, with the 2020 lens on, doesn't look good. It's debatable whether it looked good with the lens <laughs> that he had on, that they had on then, but right. in 2020, it's definitely not good. And he has at no point about anything that anyone has com- confronted him with said, you know what? I can look back now and say that wasn't the move. Jerry will tell you that everything he did was perfect, that it was great, that people now are too sensitive or too PC, instead of, in this case, just calling it what it is, like the answer is obviously there that, like, this was racist. Yep. There's no way around it. No way around it. Like, this was racist. I don't think anyone could look at this and think that it's not racist. Yeah, there's no way. Anyways, to Kamala himself, though, James Harris, quite a career as that character. Um, really did big stuff in the uh, early mid '80s with Andre the Giant. Later on with Hogan, um, he had a great run. He really did. Yeah, he was he was athletic in his heyday. Like when he could when he could move. Like before he got older, and then Father Tom caught up with him. Like everybody else, like he could move. Yeah, I um, I enjoyed Kamala. You know, I didn't necessarily see him in the era that we watched him against Hogan and stuff. 
I don't know that I thought of him as totally credible, you know, and having a chance to win. <laughs> I mean, it was Hogan. Though. It was Ho- but that's the thing. Who who did who did I think that the of? only person who went against Hogan that anybody thought was credible and had a chance to win was Andre the Giant. Yep, that's true. So it's that was a, it. It's a totally reasonable argument. Even Randy Savage, like going in as the champ, it was like, okay, we he's handing this back. <laughs> Unless he finds a good way to cheat to win, he's handing this championship back. But literally everyone. It's 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 very true. I did not actually think that anybody had an opportunity to be Hulk Hogan. So rest even, in- even Warrior, even Warrior who won the match. Yep. That was like, nope, he's he's going in, he's getting flattened. Hogan's gonna be it's kind of the champion, yay. <laughs> um rest in peace to Kamala though. Yes. Um good, good, uh good wrestler. Sad ending to the story, of course, as it often is, but um, yeah. SGG, so that's outside the ring talk. Um Wow, this is an interesting headline, sorry. Rick Flair written off TV, WWE TV during Monday Night Raw. That's what I mean, yeah. That, obviously. That's what they're saying. I think that was obvious though. Um, I didn't I didn't think that. You I thought you were going to see him again next week or at SummerSlam at some point? Yeah, I I thought because you never saw you never saw Flair actually do very much to him. All he did was give him a nut shot, and then the punt was sort of implied, but the lights went out. Right. So I thought there could be a little bit of trickery going on. You think there's a swerve coming? Yeah, because why all of a sudden did he decide Rick Flair? Uh, it, and if not, by the way, that was a weak reason to get rid of Rick Flair. That he's a liability? Yeah, you're old. You're a liability. You do uh, blah 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 blah. I was not impressed by that. No, I thought that was a good reason to dump Ric Flair because, like you said, he wasn't even around, and Rick is just like it's sort of like the Sasha Bailey thing, right? They're best friends. They're throwing each other in to fight the other one's battles, but Randy doesn't need that from Ric Flair. Like Randy can go in, pick his own battles, and handle his own business yeah, but, without. But Ric is that Flair. is that really reason to all of a sudden not only be done with him, but like? beat him up in the ring. I don't know. I felt flimsy to me. I mean, it's Randy Orton. So like every reaction is going to be an overreaction. You're never going to get the appropriate reaction out of him because again, he's evil. You slight him once and then, you know, the Viper is going to strike. I think the appropriate action to take if he was sick of Ric Flair would have been an email. (laughs) And he should have come out and they said, earlier today, I emailed Ric Flair, and he's not welcome here anymore. End of story. Boom. This is unrealistic. Has to beat up an old man. <laughs> Send him a proper text or email and, and call yeah. it a day. So, I, I yeah, I, but I, I didn't realize. So, it's saying here, WrestlingNews.co first reported last month about plans for Flair to be written off. The plan was to write him off a few weeks ago after the match between Orton and Big Show, but Flair was kept off the show as a precaution. Blah, blah, blah. I don't see why. I got to tell you, I don't agree with this move unless it's for health reasons. I think... First of all, it has to be. I think Orton is more mage with Flair. 
I do. And I love Orton. But I think when, when Orton comes out and you see Flair up there on the ramp standing next to him clapping, I think it makes the whole thing seem bigger. You don't think so? I do. I do. But, I mean, Orton was already – Orton's already great too. It does make the whole thing seem bigger. Like, it's Ric Flair. You can always throw him on the mic and have him have him jump in to hype the storyline. But at the same time, Orton is doing such amazing work right now that, like – he loses, but not much by not having Ric Flair with him. That's not just Ric Flair. That's the nature boy to you and me, SGJ. That's true. He loses, but not much to have not having the nature boy Ric Flair with him. Well, um, so what did you think? We talked last week about a really good episode of Raw. How did you feel about this week's follow-up to that? I think it was also a really good episode of Raw. I do. I think Raw Underground didn't deliver as much as I'd hoped. But it's only week two, so they could get better. They, they could also get a lot worse, but they could get better. But uh, I think I'd like the Randy Orton, Ric Flair stuff. I did. I enjoyed um, I enjoyed that segment. It, it that, that, that's, that segment was good. I bought his reasoning of Rick being a liability and Rick getting him into fights that he doesn't need or doesn't care to have. Um, Oscar Bailey, I really liked that match. I didn't think Bailey was going to tap, but you know, how many times does she have to get into Oscar lock and go to sleep before she makes the the right call there? So tap and her misery. Let Sasha handle that at SummerSlam. Now and you're then, go ahead. And I was going to say, and then Seth and Dominic like, whoa, that segment, that was a brutal, brutal segment. Mm hmm. It really, really was. Um, I cannot believe the amount of kendo stick lashes that Dominic took. His back looked like chopped meat at the end. Yeah. According to WWE on Fox's Twitter account, it was 30, 30 lashes with the kendo stick. Bruh. Can we get- I don't think I- Seth was counting, but somebody counted. Can we get Dominic on the show? I want to know how he's feeling today. How do you do anything now between that and SummerSlam? Yeah, I don't know. I just hope that this segment was taped like weeks ago. <laughs> because, because, yeah, his whole upper body is done. Oof. Imagine trying to lay down and go to sleep that night. By, yeah. By God. It's brutal. Yeah, absolutely brutal. Um. So let me tell you something I don't like about Retribution. Okay. I, they don't look intimidating to me at all. It looks like WWE is being invaded by a bunch of children. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry to go so Vince McMahon on you, but that is how I feel. I feel Retribution looks very small. It, I, 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 I am at, it's like, is this Drake Maverick? Who is coming with retribution and i just think sometimes sometimes i think they're just being silly too they're just like we're yelling at the top of our lungs like the smackdown tear yeah the broken glass thing wasn't and i just i like the storyline i think some of the executions a bit dicey i think the including last friday night a little bit dicey in my opinion i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it but i want to see 
I want to see it feel like the way we were shocked by the Nexus moment. I don't know that I felt quite. Yeah. It was clearly trying to recreate that. It just wasn't quite it. Well, part of it, too, is that we have no idea who's under the mask. So, like, there's no way to tell how threatened or intimidated or whatever anybody should be. Right. So, like. And let's, I wasn't. Let's, inti- let's about- be clear. I wasn't intimidated by Nexus either. They looked like a bunch of jabronis for the most part. However, the the actual segment was so strong that it got you, you know? Yeah. Sorry, keep going. And at least they look like wrestlers too, right? Like, right. Like I was going to say at that takeover Brooklyn when Adam Cole and debuted and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly joined up with him, right? So like, let's say those same three guys jump out with masks on and then beat up Drew McIntyre. It's sort of unbelievable that Drew McIntyre would get beat up by these guys that he's like a foot taller than. Like what, just because there were three of them? Right. But then the, without the mask and you can see that like this is adam cole this is bobby fish this is kyle o'reilly just seeing who it is added some credibility to it and i think with retribution like not knowing who's under the mask takes away from it a lot because like who who is this like we don't care now it could be tommaso champa under one of those masks that's that's true with a baggy enough sweatshirt yeah but like so we don't know we don't know how scared we should be but like it's not like you said, it's not intimidating when they look so much smaller than everybody else. Also, well, I just got an email saying, is it true that you have the Brett Screwjob glasses? If so, what's the price? Well, $10 million. Well, also, it is true. Should I write back? It is true, and I have a question. How dare you? <laughs> right. Why would you give up the Brett Screwjob glasses? Now, to be fair, everybody does have a price. But unless it's Ted DiBiase sending that email. So here's my question. If you're me, what do you set that price at? If I'm you, if I have those Screwjob glasses, I'm not giving them up for anything. No, SGG, no price? No price. Come on. Stop. Those go in like a will. So what about if someone offered me 50K? That feels small. 100K, I would do it. Probably. So you think I should hit him back with 100K and see what he says? Yeah, he's not going to take it. But 100K, 100K sounds doable. Because, I mean, just think about well, what if someone the was trajectory. Like a, what, I mean, listen, maybe he's a billionaire. Maybe. Maybe, like I said, unless Ted DiBiase was on the other end of that email, they probably can't afford the screwdriver glasses. Because this is not just memorabilia. This is history. Like, this changed the trajectory of the whole industry, the Montreal screwjob. I mean, listen. In ring and outside of the ring. It's a really good point. I just meant to send Dip the Zoom link, and I sent it to my friend Judson instead. <laughs> Judson about to jump on. There's something weird going but on. It, my phone. I mean, like, th- th- this is priceless. It belongs in a museum next to the Declaration of Independence, next to the Magna Carta, the Screwjob glasses. You know what? It's a great. It's a great. Don't sell the Screwjob glasses. I All mean, right. Unless he's coming with the with a nice offer, then. So should know. I say SGG? I'm gonna write back and say SGG says my number. SGG says my number is a hundred grand. Yeah, well, 
You can. All right. SGG says my price is 100K. I mean, you're my lawyer. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Um. All right. Let's uh, let's. I want to hit some mail here because I think we'll get to things we want to talk about through mail, and I have to end on time today. So, mail. Um. Brian says, watched Raw for the first time in months. This is two days ago, Tuesday. I've been keeping up with the podcast, but since COVID, I haven't really been watching any wrestling. Couldn't get over the lack of a crowd. But with the way you guys were talking about Raw last week, I decided to give it a shot. Um, a few stray thoughts. So we're poisoning people now? Is this the first poisoning? The way they were talking so nonchalantly about Montez Ford getting poisoned made it seem like that thing happens now. Is Raw Underground Battle of the Tough Guys from No Holds Barred to Jace, or is it Brawl for All a Jace-esque? The Dominic Mysterio segment was mage. He took that caning like a champ. It was a cane or a kendo stick, whatever. Same I, thing. Singapore had, cane, kendo stick, same, same thing. I had no interest in him back when I, when I stopped watching. Now I really want to see his match at SummerSlam. Um, you said you've been fast-forwarding them lately, but Oscar Bailey had a great match this week. Not really impressed by retribution so far. Stay safe, bros. Brian. So that, that was good. The impressions from someone yeah. who has not been watching. Um, I hear the retribution thing. Like I said, love the story. Execution's okay. I did not fast forward Oscar Bailey this week. I, I watched it. Enjoyed it. I agree with Dip that it does feel like there's a different combination of Oscar or Sasha versus Bailey. I mean, Oscar versus Sasha or Bailey every week. I do. I feel that way too. I think they do need to spice up the women's division and have some some more different different varying combinations but their match was good um agree dominic was mage um and the poisoning thing is a, is a good question <laughs> yeah a- apparently poisoning is now on the table yeah this this lets me know that we're on the right track too that someone can jump in after months and uh have Basically, the same takeaways that we have on all these these different events happening on Monday Night Raw. You think this is a good sign? I think this is a good sign. It's either a good sign for us or a bad sign for Brian. I don't know which one it is, but I'm going to take it as a good sign for us. Um, why are all my messages not coming up on my on my iMessage on my computer? This is very frustrating. I just want to do the right thing for everyone. Okay. Um. Dipperstein sent me a message. Let me. Look, but I sent him a Zoom link. Watch. He's going to be going, what's this? Dip says he's getting his hair cut at his house. Wow. Mage. mage thing. That's very, very mage. I said, so? Come on, anyway. That would, right. be, mage. That would be mage. Come on. Who's the bar- Is Brutus the barber? He can jump on, too. Yeah. Put Brutus on. Um. All right, another message here. Here's new member of the Hurt Business. Mail. PNSGG woke up this morning with just a random thought. Um, about the Cheap Heat universe that I want to share with Cheap Heat universe. As much as I love the New Day and don't really want to see them break up, wouldn't Big E joining the Hurt Business be best for business? Big E as this vicious heel who can actually talk on the mic 
be the best person to be the world champion for the faction? I know what you're thinking. Why would Big E go from one faction to another? Well, MVP's run to be a possible WWE champion is long gone. Bobby Lashley doesn't have enough personality to be champ, even though this is the most threatening he's ever looked. And Shelton is no longer the gold standard. The Hurt Business can easily have all the gold that way, too, in the long run. I believe they are missing one more piece to make this legit, and Big E might be the missing piece, and it spices everything up. Curious to hear your thoughts, Aaron. I don't hate I don't hate it as an idea. I don't hate it either. I mean, it, it makes, makes a lot of sense. Because, yeah, like you said, MVP would be the one in the Hurt Business who has, like, the best um, combination of of qualities to be WWE champion. But I mean, I know last time they said that, you know, part of the reason he couldn't be champion was because he couldn't travel because of his prior convictions. But Oh wait. They're not traveling on. right now. Wait, hold on. Hold <laughs> on. Dip, you're getting What are your thoughts? Dip, you're getting... What my thoughts are this terrible <laughs> feedback we're getting. What what's going on? Are you like <laughs> Oh, what the hell's going on? Uh, I'll call back. Goodbye. <laughs> good night. Good luck. He he looks so amused with himself sitting in his backyard getting hurt. Does it, by the way, this is novel to him. I've been getting haircuts in my house for for seven years. That's just it's called hip hop. <laughs> this isn't about COVID. This is hip hop life. You got to get a haircut in the house. This is normal everyday this is behavior. Witnessed you get a haircut at the crib. Yeah, this, we have to. I mean, listen, Hip Hop Mike, part of the reason he joined the team yeah. was his great his great haircutting ability. Shout out to Mike Turk. Yeah, young Hip Hop Mike. Uh, Lawrence writes us. Mail. Thank you for saying what needed to be said on Cheap Heat last week. People on our side of the aisle are just the worst. Nothing is woke enough. Nothing is progressive enough. We constantly eat our own and leave the scraps for the other side to point and laugh at. It's freaking exhausting. <laughs> Lawrence? Is he, he talking about politics or AEW? Both. Both. <laughs> and I, by the way, thank you. And I'm not going to I will get say in... this. Go ahead. <laughs> I will say this about the AEW piece of it, though. Okay. Is if, if they just did what people wanted, that wouldn't have happened. Because they are falling into the same traps that politicians fall into. Like, even right now, right, with the defund the police thing, and people are like, oh, well, we could take down statues. We can do this. We could do that. And, like, none of that is is defunding the police. So it's not that people are too woke. It's like you throw in other bargaining chips at the request, which is a very clear, direct yeah, but, request. Yeah, but, but, but here's the thing. God, I can't believe you're going to drag me here. I, I hate you. Um. <laughs> that defund the police is another mistake of the left let me explain how okay listening the name the words defund the police are actually worse than what the desired goal is the desired goal is to Mm -hmm. reallocate funds and make police police better so we don't want to spend a gazillion dollars on police. We want to spend it, on instead of it being about policing after the fact, we want to spend that money in places that could prevent people from being in situations where the police are needed, right? We don't mm-hmm. want, but we on the left go, let's go with the most aggressive name ever that's the least likely to gain support. On the right, 
they use the most harmless name they can come up with and do the most devilish, horrible things it's imaginable. True. Well, you're making Defund a PR the argument. Defund the police scares off people who are actually on board with what the idea is. So I think it's still the left getting it fundamentally wrong. Now, I agree with your statement. The, the left also throws out other things that aren't the thing. But to me, the second they called it defund the police, I was like, well, that's never going to happen. Next. Well, you know, well, that's the thing, though. You're making a PR argument, right? It's, and what, you, what you're highlighting is like um, an intellectual dishonesty that typically doesn't happen on the left that yes the, like because they're asking to defund the that's exactly what they're saying we're gonna take funds away from the police but defund makes it. it sound like it's completely defunding it does but that's what that's why i'm saying you're making a pr argument that you know and the democrats have always had bad pr this is like they just always have they haven't they haven't been as intellectually dishonest with their goals as the right but hold on is it which, dishonest for you to, if you were to go to your mom as a 10 year old mm-hmm it's is it is it dishonest and you go up to your mom and you go i want mom mom can i have the money can i have the money no you can't have the money oh i'm sorry can i have some money oh yes you can have five dollars that's what this one the police is we're not trying to no one thinks the police should be gone but this is why this is why i say is intellectually dishonest right because like when you look at what Republicans like? Okay, they're anti anti welfare. We're anti welfare, but then like the government can throw as much money as businesses and like corporations as they want. So they're not anti big government or anti wasteful government spending. It's just Correct. like it's the PR and the way they spin it is intellectually dishonest. And you can look at that at like all of their issues, family values, um, anti abortion. You know, they call that pro-life, and then you've got to be anti-life to be pro-abortion. Like, it's exactly, all exactly. PR. But, but by the way. intellectually dishonest. It, but in this case, in this case, I could argue that the term defund the police is unintentionally intellectually dishonest. <laughs> Maybe, but and, unintentionally and, and, and the wrong things. And the wrong direction. It's just, to me, it's a great example of we're overstating what we want. It's like it's just being too honest. It's like, it's yeah. like, you know, I'm trying to think of another example instead of being a kid, like something you would ask your girl. It's just like, it's too honest. In in this case, like, it's just another example of, again, the, the yeah, you know what, SUG, I'm, I think we're all willing to accept that politics are somewhat dirty. I don't need, <laughs> I don't expect my politicians to be quite as moral as we as normal human beings are. So right. I just wish that they could frame things a little better. Um, so. And I feel that way about that subject, too. By the way, though, for as much as everyone so, you know, everyone eats their own on the left, and I think that's a problem, it seemed to me that for all the trash talk I saw about Kamala, when she got the announcement, it seems like this is being received very well, and people are not being that negative about it. Yeah. I mean, that's politics, too. And, and like, in the Democratic Party in particular, it's like, there's so many different personalities and so many different ideas, especially with us going further, further. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't center. say us. No, nobody knows where we lie politically. SGG. we are. We well, keep it right me, down then, the middle. Like, well, you, like, know, you know, Democratic right. Party moves. It, it's just so many different. They have too many different people to appeal to. So, like, Kamala might not have been your cup of tea in the primary, but at the end of the day, you know, she's still a Democrat, and then you still have that coalition who could. Well, and let's be honest: the people being loud about Kamala were the same people being mad about AW. Are you willing to write a letter about it? 
or are you just bitching on Twitter? <laughs> right. That's what I thought. That's Shut what up. So I thought. To, Shut up and vote for them. To circle it back to AEW, <laughs> they could have avoided all of this if they just threw like one or two women's wrestling matches on TV. Just had Nyla Rose out there, have her squash people. Yeah, I mean, sure, but then people would have said the squash. People would have said the squash matches were too short. And and listen, did people go out and support the YouTube clip this week? Let's see. Let's see how many people watched the uh, the women's tag tournament on YouTube. And that's For another the- thing too. Tag tag team appreciation night was this Wednesday on AEW. They could have threw one of those matches on on TV. It was already taped, but they could have threw it in the fill time and just been like, "Here's a." 10 minute whatever from the women's tag team match you know what that, that's a that's a very good point um oh it did it did do pretty well actually it looks to me like it got five hundred thousand views that's not bad because it's only Is been it, what two days four days three days four days the aw no 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 sorry the AEW Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament from two days ago has 273,000. That's still pretty good. Now, AEW Dark has 334. Um, so even better, but it's still pretty good. I mean, yo, and listen, let's be real. There's some rough things going on. I watched some of the uh, tournament two days ago. They had They had Dasha in a wrestling match in one of the tag matches. So they're 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 literally giving people brand new wrestlers um <laughs> opportunity. Oh, the guy has written back who who wrote about the glasses. <laughs> um but we'll get to him in a second. Let's read Jose's email first. mail. What's up guys? Long time listener, but this is my first time emailing. This week's podcast bothered me so much I had to reach out to you guys. Love y'all. But Cheap Heat becomes so much of a WWE Mark podcast sometimes that it gets frustrating. Maybe we need for Dipperstein to drop some hot takes. You guys spent a majority of the episode talking about a lame Antifa faction, which didn't actually debut as promised, plus Cole and a D-list celebrity McAfee, while ignoring that AEW had one of their best episodes last week. They are continuously beating NXT in the ratings, and this week's show not only killed NXT, but it was ridiculously good. Brandy Rhodes and the heels thing was lame, but that was literally the bottom of AEW noteworthy happenings. Bischoff shows up and moderated a surprisingly good debate with Orange and Jericho. The 12-man tag was really entertaining and a good way to start the show. Sammy Guevara screwed up and busted up Matt Hardy for real and accidentally made their beef interesting. Moxley and Darby Allen was great and told a story which started with Moxley's promo. If you live wrestling, got to give a good wrestling show more props. Raw finally tried new things, but I got to give it time to see if they screw it up. Listen, um, Stay Mage just needed to speak on it, Jay. He's not wrong. I mean, he's yeah. not... He No, no, he's not wrong in the sense, SGG, that we were so excited about last week's Raw being pretty good that we gave no time to AEW last week, and they did have a good show last week. Um, I mean, listen, I, 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 I could not care less about uh, half the things in that AEW. I, I could not care less about Matt Hardy. I, I like Moxie. I like Darby Allin. I loved, I, I loved, I out. loved, I loved the Orange Cassidy Jericho debate with Bischoff. I thought it was great. Could not was, care less about Eric Bischoff popping up on wrestling in twenty twenty. I don't, I don't believe you'd feel that way if it was on WWE. Sorry, don't believe you. One hundred percent, don't less. believe you. Don't believe you. If Could he showed up on less. WWE and had a made segment, you wouldn't say that. 
period. You would not say to that. Moderate oh, it was a page. To moderate a debate. If the, if the debate was good, if it was funny and entertaining and interesting, like the, the now, Orange, Orange Cassidy, I do like, but I mean, I could, I could not care less about Jericho. Could not care less about Eric Bischoff. You, but you're not caring less about Jericho. Then, then you, then honestly, I think you should. I don't know if you can have an opinion on AEW anymore if you don't care about Jericho at all. He's their no. champion, and he's doing the best work of his career. SGG, why? Like Moxley just, is their champion. Moxley I'm sorry, is their sorry. Champion. Moxley's their champion. Jericho's the you biggest put some star in the company. On the former Dean Ambrose, but but Jericho's better than Moxley. He's crushing him. It's not even close. The reason I still think he's champion is because he's the face of the company. Moxley is champion. He's doing a nice job. He did a good job in the match with Darby Allen last week. It was a cool story they told. But why are you so stubborn about Jericho's work when he was in WWE with the list? You you, you thought you gave that more credit than you give to his run in AEW. And I don't even like Chris Jericho. Like, I just don't understand. I get paid by WWE. I work there, and I have to fight with you to open your eyes to someone who's doing great work. I don't understand. He's not anti-Bret Hart. He's deferential to Bret Hart. Couldn't care less. But why? That's a strong argument, though. That's a strong argument. Oh, but no, no. But for... give us the but give us the answer because people respect your opinions a lot. Sometimes even when they're insane, they seem to respect them. Chris Jericho in AEW is not. Is not the Chris Jericho of old, like, and it it kind of it honestly started with not even in New Japan. In New Japan, he was good, but there's just something about him. He he lost a step, and you can see it. So you're only watching. And I don't like it. So so you only are watching wrestling for the matches. That that that's just where we're we're landing here. It's just what he does in the ring. I don't watch enough AEW to like AEW storylines are all on being the elite. So you got to follow them on YouTube and on no, that's the not, internet. Not that, like, what, what you, what, that was a year ago. You can watch. They I never, still do. I've, I've never watched Being the Elite. Are you crazy? I never watched Being a lot the Elite. Of, a lot of the storyline development happens outside of the two hours on Dynamite. No. You and don't I need that. I flip back and forth. I don't watch enough of them to be like, oh, okay, you know, this storyline is great, blah, blah. I go into AEW for the matches, yes. And so when I go into a Jericho match and I see that he's lost a step – and that he's in there with guys who could wrestle circles around him, quite frankly. It's like, yeah, you know, he's doing good on the mic. The the things that he does well, he still does well, but the in-ring work is is lacking. Well, yes, fine. If SGG wants to review uh, AEW sheerly on wrestling with nothing about character, then Chris Jericho is 100% not the man he used to be. He is maybe one of the worst wrestlers they have in the company at this point. Um, maybe, but that's that's literally that's harsh. Well, I wouldn't say he's one of the worst, but I mean, no, no, he has stack, to be. He's definitely one of the worst. When you stack him up point, against the old Chris Jericho, though, like, like but, I mean, even a few years ago, even in New Japan, the, I mean, I guess this just speaks to how great wrestling is as an art form because we watch different things, bro. Like, I, I, you could have a five star match on TV. If the character doesn't mean anything, I give zero Fs about it. Zero. You could do everything you want to do. And I mean, unless it tells some brilliant story where at the end I go, oh my God, now I care about these people I didn't care before. But which will happen in a in a five star match? Which will happen in like a great match? You'll get invested. It, 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 yeah, it's, but guess what? It's not happening on weekly TV almost ever. Um you're only gonna get that on a pay-per-view or at some you know, an indie event where they have the best in the world, the best indie event in the world, because the mediocre indie events, I never care about the matches. I oh. just, 
I just don't understand your your you're just choosing to not be interested. The Orange Cassidy Jericho thing has been really entertaining, and and also it's an opportunity. It really well, presents- Orange Cassidy is always always shines. Let's 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 just be clear about that. I've never I've never tuned in and saw Orange Cassidy on the screen, and have been like, mm, nah, I don't whatever, never. And and by the way, he doesn't even use words. No, he does. <laughs> So this is obviously he's about amazing. Just, so this is just about taste and style of person. I I and would argue like, I would argue you're maybe getting worked by Jericho the way Dip gets worked by Sasha and Bailey. I hope so. I hope so. I hope this decline is like part of a work and that that the Jericho that we all fell in love with. Oh yeah, we got an somewhere. email. We got a great email about that a couple weeks ago. Glad you mentioned it. And I'm m- gonna, m- 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 mail. Um, hold on. I didn't even read. I think I just saw the, the 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 subject and thought that is such a perfect take. Um, let's see. Hold on. Where the hell is it? Why is every? Oh yeah, here we go. Adam writes us. Jericho, the bloat is the gimmick. Watching AEW this week, thinking about your comments last week, and was struck with the thought that the bloat only adds to Jericho's character. He's past his, he's a past-his-prime legend whose ego has swallowed the last shreds of dignity he might, he might have left. He's so self-absorbed, he's actually incapable of realizing it's time to hang it up and let the stars of today have their time. He thinks he is the center of the universe because in, in the world he has built around himself, he is. This is why the inner circle works. A bunch of young, hungry guys attaching themselves to a certified legend to further their own careers. And an old, out-of-touch megalomaniac surrounding himself with enabling yes-men. His old, rundown look only adds to the gimmick. Of course he won't wear a shirt, because the character believes he still looks great and is told so by his lackeys. I look forward to SGG contorting his way out of my take. Also, we need more dip. I enjoyed the dynamic of Dip and SGG being at odds with you being the voice of reason in the middle. While I tend to lean more towards Dip's views on most things, particularly all things AEW, ultimately agree with your middle-of-the-road take on Sasha Bailey. More of this three-man booth could be really a fun listen. I have no wrestling friends, so you guys fill that void in my (laughs) life each week. Thanks for the show. Take it easy, stay made, et cetera, et cetera. Adam in Montreal. What do you think about the bloat adding to the the character? Let me just get this right. Let me just get this right. Adam watches what we watch. I won't say we watches what everybody else watches on AEW on a weekly basis. Sees Chris Jericho forces this narrative onto what he's seeing every Wednesday to make Chris Jericho's performance acceptable and palatable. And then I'm the contortionist. But but he just oh described- you don't get it he's a none of this has been hinted at on, te- on television or anywhere what yes it that's the story he really just described what it is in a really smart uh, uh, over the top way that most people aren't gonna have spoon fed to them so it doesn't necessarily work oh yes because AEW is so highbrow <laughs> no 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 I'm not saying that I'm saying because they're not showing it to you so you have to read into it but SGG I could ask you so you last week you have you to last week it. told us that there was a Sasha Bailey storyline you have told us that there's an Oscar storyline around the title that's so big when it's really a completely obvious storyline you so have you, to you read dress into things it. up when you want to you have to read into it. Which he does. He does. He he read into a lot, like the bloat, the inner circle. 
No, but the inner that is what the inner circle is. But the, I'm the, inner the contortionist. Ah, uh, yes. You finding a way to not he enjoy Jericho's whole, work. You are the only man I know who thinks thing. Jericho's doing bad work right now. You are the contortionist. No, he's doing good work. It just looks sloppy. It's not. It's not his best in ring work. But his the other but stuff we, is great. The how could work it be? Is his, not. He's fifty. What What did you Switch. think of Brett's match at WrestleMania versus uh, Vince McMahon? Brett, who couldn't even take a bump. That's right. What did you think of it? Brett, who was barely medically cleared. You're comparing a Brett who was barely medically cleared. Yep. To Chris Jericho, who's fully ready to go. No, he's old though. My point is, people change. He's physically not the he's same. He's old, guy. but he's not. Like, he's not concussed and like was in a coma and like. Come on, it's not even the same thing. It's my not even point, the same thing. My point is, people age and they're no longer able to do the work they once did. Like that's just that's wrestling, baby. Ric Flair would be embarrassed at 35 to see what he did with Shawn Michaels in his early 50s. But you look back and you go, a that match was pretty that damn good. Love. Absolutely. In the case of Jericho, physically, he does not look the same in the ring as he used to look. It also doesn't mm-hmm. help the fact that he used to be one of the most physically sort of vibrant, amazing performers in the business. So when you see him now, it's even worse. But my point is, how can you only focus on that part of the art form when on the mic he's doing such brilliant work? Sir. That's the Sir, part we, I don't understand. We give Jericho so much credit for reinventing himself, right? And like creating these new characters and new way, which he did pretty well. He does it very well. Just tweak your in-ring style. Tweak your moveset. That's all and you that, have to and, do. And then all of a sudden you'll start watching his his promos? Tweak your because moveset. Because right now, his, but you don't watch promos. Them. His promos are not the issue. It's it's his in-ring work that is the issue. Well, Tweak your moveset. Okay. That's all you have to do. And and not with that back elbow, not not with like an explosive moveset. Tone it down. Be technical. I can't work wait. In your By the way, I, I I just I want everyone to pay attention because when the contortionist down in a few weeks, the contortionist is going to have another example like this thrown in his face in reverse. And I'm so looking forward to the contortion you do. When when it's when the shoe's on the other foot, you're going to be just in every way contorting yourself like David Blaine. Yes, like squeeze. like Adam Hickey. I don't know the reference, but I presume it's, it's someone the email who contorted. We just got that was his name was Adam Hickey. Yes, yeah, the email we just got. You you will. I cannot wait, and I don't think he really contorted. I think he did a an over the top description. It wasn't contortion. It was over. Oh the wow! Top. I mean, you're, you're contorting too to. But what, what did he say? He didn't, he didn't say anything that I don't already think about the character. The only thing he added that was contorting was that the bloat is part of the character. But when you think yeah. about it, the first thing that happened when AEW blew up was that he lost the title eating at a hotel restaurant. <laughs> yeah. and, they, and they did make that part of the story. That was sloppy and fat and drunk. And, they, and then the next thing he does is post a video in a hot tub with champagne. So like... It's not that big no, a contortion him, job. Him losing the title and then flipping it into like a champagne line. Brilliant. Oh, you know what? I don't know. I hate when companies do, do that, but like that was brilliant to take everything and make it a shirt or like flip it into merch. But but that incorporating that was brilliant. All right, let's I'm gonna see if I can get one more 
Um, SM, SM Norris writes. Nope, that's not what I meant to do. <laughs> that could be that could be our male sound effect, but it's not. Um, here it is. Male. SM writes us, so Peter thinks Asuka didn't deserve to be Raw Women's Champion because she was handed the title, but MVP should be U.S. Champion because he made his own belt. <laughs> um, first of all, I didn't. It wasn't about Asuka not deserving the title. It was about that being a waste of money in the bank, in my opinion. That's all. I just, to me, I it it, it you took away the briefcase instantaneously, and the briefcase is a really fun thing. So that was my problem. It was about deserving. An MVP deserves to be U.S. champion because guess what? He makes the the title more interesting, and the title makes him and the hurt business more interesting. And what he does literally the title, made the title. What does the title do with Apollo Cruz? I love Apollo Cruz. He's super talented. But right now, as it stands where his character is right now, while he is the perfect fit for that title, don't get me wrong, he is. Does it really do anything? So it's not about deserving. It's about, to me, what what makes sense. One more thing about the Hurt Business. Male. Chase says, I think the Hurt Business is great. And I thought without fans, the creation of WWE Underground and having them take it over made sense and looked good and is something different. I have one slight issue with the faction. How can MVP keep calling Lashley the CEO when it certainly looks like MVP is in charge? (laughs) Maybe MVP is the CMO or the head of PR. They should define the roles and responsibilities better. Also, if they say (laughs) business is booming, they will need to hire IRS to be the CFO. Thanks, Chase. Great point. And also, I thought they didn't capitalize on the momentum of the Hurt Business at Raw Underground last week. Same. They went Although right Shayna Baszler got a good look. No, that, that, Shayna Baszler did. But for the, for the Hurt Business, all of a sudden they were just dealing back with Apollo Crews and the, and the, and the U.S. title. Um, all right. Well, you know what time it is, guys. I really think that the contortionist is going to lead to a new SGG t-shirt. That's what I'm feeling. <laughs> you like twisted all around and in some insane position. Be mage. People are going with the contortionist. I don't know Listen, if you like, like it or it. hate it, but they're going with it. I like it. Now, what do you have for the Shad Gaspard Black Power Rankings? In at number three, uh, Keith Lee, who signed the contract. It's official. He's going to be facing Karrion Cross at TakeOver 30. Now, he did find himself in a precarious position. He took a fireball to the face. Uh, he may he may have one eye right now, like, like Rey Mysterio out there, but um, it was character development. This is a, a side of Keith Lee that people wanted to see uh, now that he is champ. It, it upped the intensity for their feud, and they got a lot of momentum rolling into to take over 30. Um, and also, before I get to Keith Lee, I do want to throw an honorable mention. Not even, not even really an honorable mention, but I guess we got to talk a little bit about Velveteen Dream showing up on NXT. I mean, um, there were some allegations, that, and people are speculating that you know, those allegations are what kept him off of TV. So it, it was interesting to see 
him back on TV, and I'll be curious to see, you know, what comes um, of everything now that Velveteen Dream is back. Um, in a number two, Bianca Belair, who had an interesting weekend. Uh, they didn't mention this on Raw, but she showed up at Zelina Vega's home, put the beats on Zelina Vega, and then on Monday, she faced Zelina Vega in an official sanctioned WWE match, and then beat Zelina Vega in that match. So she is she's riding out for her man. She made it a point to say that they keep their careers separate, but uh, after the poisoning, she has no choice but to ride out for Montez. So she's coming in at number two. And All then right. you alluded to it. Um, in at number one, we already spoke about the, the career of Kamala Harris, James Kamala Harris, uh, legendary, legendary wrestler. He passed away this past weekend due to complications with COVID. Mm. So rest in peace to him. R.I.P. to Kamala. Of course, he'd lost his uh, feet a couple years ago, and now COVID yeah. ends up taking him out crazy. Um, SUG, it was fascinating. It was a great episode. I enjoyed listening to you contort. We got exactly one second of Dipperstein. <laughs> we had everything we needed. Exactly. We needed a I'm little bit more dip, but it yeah. counts. I, uh, we'll get dip on next week. There'll be more to do. Um, I'm looking forward to UFC 252 this weekend. Cormier and Miocic 3 should be good. Um, SGG, do me a favor. Um, first of all, if you're listening, guys, if you made it all the way to the end of the show, that means you really love the show. If you're one of those people, I need you to rate and comment on iTunes immediately. We have not been getting the love we need recently. So please, if you're listening to this stage in the show, tweet about the show Post on social about the show. Hashtag it on all your socials. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We got to do. We're working on some big things, so we need all the support we can get. And um, at Rosenberg SGG Radio do, at Stat Guy Greg. Thank you at Rosenberg Radio Twitter, at Stat Instagram. Guy Greg. That's right. And of course, you can email us RosenbergBeats at gmail dot com. SGG, take it easy, my friend. Stay mage, P. Oh yeah. Wrestler in the history of the art form. Mitch.